the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dershman and I were trying to think of what we could bring you that would be interesting on a week that a lot of people are recovering from the Super Bowl, uh, experiencing Valentine's Day, um, celebrating Ash Wednesday after a night of Mardi Gras for some of them. I mean, there were just so much that went on this week. It was really hard to try to figure it all out. Um, but it turns out we have two amazing guests for you this evening. And, you know, uh, we will put on hold this issue of should the Super Bowl Monday actually be a national holiday? <laughs> should we actually have Ash Wednesday uh, on the same day as Valentine's Day? And so many other things we could have spoken about because we've got two great guests for you. And let's start with the first person we have. Uh, to interview this evening. Larry, who do we have as our first guest tonight? Robert H. Bork Jr. is an experienced advocate specializing in the development and implementation of communication strategies in support of litigation and legal policy for such companies as Eli Lilly, Google, and AT&T. He's the son of Robert Bork, a judge and legal scholar who was nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court by President Ronald Reagan in 1987. Robert H. Borg Jr. is the president of the Antitrust Education Project and recently reissued his father's book, The Antitrust Paradox, A Policy at War with Itself. Welcome to the program, Robert. Hey, thanks for having me on. Robert, what was it like growing up in the household of one of the most well-known legal scholars in the United States? What was your father like? He was uh, like lots of other fathers, uh, except uh, at the same time, uh, he was teaching me how to throw a football. Uh, He was also uh, deeply engaged in intellectual pursuits in the law. Uh, And I'm not a lawyer, but I like to say that I got my law degree at the dinner table. So Very nice. Hey, Robert, I, I think many people are per, uh, perplexed and even confused when they see large companies and corporations that were once considered pillars of freedom in the American way turn and start to go against their own common sense profit motive and the moral values of their customers. Could you explain what's happening to our once beloved organizations such as Disney, Target, and uh, even Anheuser-Busch, the makers of Bud Light beer? Well, I think they, they are symptomatic of a bigger problem in this country, which is uh, the fact, and it all goes back to the universities and the schools uh, where people, kids are not being taught, uh, educated in the you know, foundations of this country, the foundation of freedom, 
the constitutional values, uh, constitutional law, uh, civics. So what happens is you get a bunch of people who, uh, for want of a better word, I guess the, the common term of the day is woke, uh, just very sort of mindless liberal. Uh, and then they, uh, as they grow up, they get jobs and they take over companies and they uh, apply those uh, sort of rudderless values uh, to their everyday lives. Wow. Could you uh, tell us a little bit about the book you recently reissued, The Antitrust Paradox, by your father, Judge Robert H. Bork? The book was originally published, I understand, in 1978. So why is it important that people read this now? Well, uh, it's a very good question. And it, it was published in 1978. It was his analysis of the state of antitrust law then, uh, which had gone sort of over to a kind of big is bad uh, uh, without any foundation in economics or facts. Uh, and so he wrote this book saying, you know what the antitrust law really should be about and really is about is the consumer. And so he did a lot of work and came up with this idea of the consumer welfare standard, which others were working on at the same time from the Chicago School of Law and Economics. And he published the book in 1978 uh, and in 1979, the Supreme Court, in an antitrust case they were hearing, uh, read the book. And they said, you know, I think they, he figured it out. And they cited the book. So a year after it came out, the Supreme Court basically adopted his thinking. Uh, and for the last 45 years, what we've had is uh, an antitrust operating system, antitrust regime, based on the consumer welfare standard. And I think that has led to the uh, creation of enormous wealth and jobs and growth in this economy. Uh, now we have, of course, why it's, why it's important now is because there are, uh, you know, the Biden administration and the, uh, the progressive uh, wing of the Democrat party uh, hate corporations, they hate bigness, they don't like anything that competes with government for control. And so they are trying to uh, tear down this, uh, the consumer welfare standard and tear down these companies it creates so many wonderful things that consumers love, uh, and, and you know, and, and so that's why I republished the book, uh, and that's why I formed the Antitrust Education Project to speak out against what they are doing. Which you know, at a time when we are dealing with enormous debt, this you know, government debt, the only way we're going to get out of it is to re reduce spending, yes. which isn't happening, and growth. But the, so this neo Brandesian, as they call it hipster left-wing antitrust movement is against growth. So we're really wow. in a big, bad way if we can't at least have the growth part of the equation. Absolutely. Could you briefly explain what is the consumer welfare standard? What is that? Well, <clears throat> you know, people like to debate that a lot. Uh, my father's view of what was that, anti that uh, antitrust law should benefit the consumer. It, it is a neutral principle. Uh, that basically says, you know, if, if uh, consumers are benefiting in terms of price and quality and other factors, then you should leave the, these companies alone uh, and not, not uh, you know, block their mergers, block their acquisitions, bring cases against them because consumers are benefiting. The consumer is the center of the economy, and, and that should be the focus of antitrust law. Uh, a lot of people on the left don't agree with that. They think we should have other factors like, uh, you know, equity and uh, and labor and uh, other things 
that they they that are basically entirely subjective, whereas the consumer welfare standard is very objective. It's based on price and efficiency. You have recently talked about the growing tension between big oil and big woke. Could you tell us a little bit about the fight, including how radical investment groups with their ESG agendas are gaining access to corporate boards and attempting to change the direction of large corporations? And also, can you tell us how corporations such as ExxonMobil are successfully fighting back against this type of takeover effort? Sure. Uh, the ESG movement, which is the environmental social governance movement, has been around for several years, but it's very coordinated. And in fact, I, I call it a cartel. I think it's a cartel that's bigger than OPEC, it makes OPEC look like a lemonade stand. Uh, it, you know, the, these asset managers like BlackRock and Vanguard and others control trillions, like seven, more than $70 trillion in assets. And they use that economic power to try to push companies into uh, adopting very woke standards related to the environment, you know, carbon neutra- neutrality, uh, and really, you know, things which you might think are a good idea, but not if they're going to tear out the heart of our capitalist economy. So Exxon this year was had a, a proxy shareholder proposal put forward for their proxy statement for their annual meeting in May, which basically tore out the ordinary business of the company. It just said, you're not doing things fast enough to move to carbon neutrality. We want you to move fast. We want to change the company. It was put forward by two shareholder groups that use something that's referred to as a Goldilocks Trojan horse. They accumulate shares, you know, of, of, from, with the shareholders who invest in them and then vote them to put these proxy, uh, these uh, shareholder proposals forward. Anyway, this has happened for years now and they, and they haven't succeeded. Uh, but finally, uh, ExxonMobil, for one, just said, that's enough. I, we can't do this anymore. And uh, bypassed the Securities and Exchange Commission, went straight to court to get a, an injunction against this shareholder proposal. The, uh, the two a- asset, uh, the two uh, shareholder groups withdrew their proposal, uh, thinking that would kill it. But ExxonMobil said, no, no, we're not, we're not, we're not doing that. We're going to play this all the way out to the end because we want to put a nail in this coffin right now. And so this doesn't happen anymore. Good. I think a lot of corporations like Exxon uh, are, are saying to themselves, we have to fight back. And I think it's about time. It is. Are they also these radical, uh, I call them left-wing groups, uh, shareholders, investment groups, are they also getting uh, some of their people onto the directorships or the boards of these big corporations? A few years ago, for example, Another one called, uh, I think it's called Fire Engine One, uh, was able to muster enough support to put three board members on Exxon's board. Uh, they were and, and uh, board members who are not, uh, you know, true believers in in in, in uh, enhancing shareholder value, but they're sure they they believe in the, some of these left wing stakeholder proposals and things, and so Exxon has to deal with that. Uh, it's a hard situation to try to run a company to enhance the value for shareholders to, uh, you know, it, it, shareholders like you and me, and, and frankly, shareholders in uh, shareholders from uh, pension funds uh, who re- re- rely on, you know, these companies to uh, make as much money and be as valuable as possible uh, for their retirement. Uh, and it, it's really an assault on that as well. 
Yeah, we don't have a, much time left, but briefly, the ESG scores, are they similar to China's social credit system? Where yeah, basically they're trying, to, they're trying to influence behavior and transform society by those scores, right? That's correct. I was talking to the general counsel of another energy company uh, a few months ago who told me that, uh, that they were they kept getting scored negatively on things like their uh, you know, minority uh, hiring, when in fact, more than 50% of the company was minority hires. So you know, they, these, these groups don't stop. It is a, 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 you know, a, a march against capitalism and against business. Well, the book is The Antitrust Paradox, A Policy at War with Itself. I imagine they can get this anywhere at the usual places books are sold? Uh, really only online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You, I don't think you can find too many copies in bookstores. But uh, you can go there, which is the way the world works these days. And uh, please do go look there. You can find it in Kindle and uh, paperback and hardback. Oh, perfect. Oh, perfect. Okay. Well, thank you, Robert Bork Jr. for this very enlightening conversation. And I just uh, hope you sell millions of copies of this book. People need to know about this. It's affecting our daily lives in a big way. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. All right, don't touch that dial because we're going to take a short break and then we're going to have a second guest on. Please join us for the second half of Today with Dr. Wendy. We'll be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to Headline Highlights live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. We have a terrific second half of the show for you. Larry, who are we fortunate enough to have on the line for the second half? Joshua Waller is Director of Operations of Hyovel. Inc., a 501c3 humanitarian organization who brings hundreds of volunteers each year from around the world into Judea and Samaria to help plant, prune, and harvest wine, grapes, olives, and pomegranates. Hayovel has one agenda, to serve and support the Jewish people for who they are in their God-given land. Welcome to the program, Joshua. Glad to be on here with you. Thanks for the invite. Hey, Joshua, before I ask you the first question, can you tell me where you are right now <laughs> joining, actually, us, joining us from? I've, yeah, I'm, I've just flown in from Israel yesterday. I'm actually in Franklin, Tennessee. Okay, that is just so terrific. So you spend most, you spend a lot of time back there. And, you know, uh, we read a lot about your background, and we are just so impressed. And I just wondered, how did your family, as well as yourself, how did you get started uh, on this mission to support the Jewish people. And when you answer that, I also want you to include what it was like growing up in a family with 11 siblings. Do I have that right? That's correct. There's oh. uh, six brothers, four sisters. We're one of those big families. You know what? We I, I grew up here in, in Tennessee. I'm, I'm back to home home base here for, for just a few days. But 
you know, we grew up here and, you know, we were probably one of the most Zionistic families, meaning we loved Israel like you wouldn't believe, but we didn't know one, not even one Jewish person. I mean, Nashville to Franklin, Tennessee, there's just not a lot of Jewish people. But we we just, you know, from reading the Bible and being connected, we, we just loved Israel. I mean, so much so that we had an Israeli flag in our living room and, uh, you know, like we just loved Israel. And so when I was 14 years old, we had an invitation. My father was invited to go to Israel for the first time. He went and was invited by farmers there. We were farming here in Tennessee at the time. He was invited by some a, a farmer there and said, hey, you don't understand. We need massive help through a, a bunch of situations I won't go into. But the help was so incredibly needed that we said, what in the world? How could we continue to farm in Tennessee? You know, I tell people the prophets of the Bible, they never spoke about planting cucumbers, tomatoes, and corn in the hills of Tennessee. But they <laughs> incessantly talk about the land of Israel coming back to life and those vines shooting forth their branches again and the Jewish people coming back to their ancient homeland and reestablishing their presence there. And so we moved out of Franklin, Tennessee, and we moved to Israel back in 2004, and we've been serving there ever since. Wow. Joshua, I understand that Israel is a small country about the size of the state of New Jersey and that it's surrounded by Arab states that seem to have almost endless amounts of territory. Yet many of these Arab states want to wipe Israel off the map or at a minimum impose a two-state solution that would divide Israel in half. I've even heard that President Biden recently issued an executive order to create a two-state solution that would divide the land of Israel and give much of their land to the Palestinians. What's your view of this so-called two-state solution? Well, first off, a two-state solution is, is no, it's impossible. It will, will not happen. There's 500,000 Jews that live in their ancient homeland. It's Judea and Samaria. It's places like Jerusalem. Everybody knows about Jerusalem. That's the Jewish capital. Yes. The idea that you could create a Palestinian, a 22nd Arab state, Okay, come on. There's 21 Arab states in the world. You know, there's there's 57 majority Muslim states. There's one Israel. And you want to cut the one and only Israel in half to yes. create a 22nd Arab state. It's really insidious, and it's it's more than that. It's, it's literally an attack against God himself because God makes it very clear that God is one that, that loves his people, and he's made a covenant to, to the land of Israel, all those that believe in God and the Bible. This is, uh, this is one of the more, worst mistakes America could ever make. To divide the land of Israel is an atrocious mistake, not only uh, biblically, but politically. Yes. We're talking about a safe haven for Jewish people. There's there's 500,000 Jews now that have made their home back in the heartland of Israel. Places like, like I was saying, Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, Judea, for goodness sakes. That's Jewish. You can't argue with that. It's Judea. But the president, you know, uh, these orders are, are horrific. The fact that he would even mention it that Jews don't belong in Judea is is anti-Semitic and Jew-hating as it can be. You know, um, biblically, politically, uh, some would say practically, too. Um, so complicated. You know, um, let me switch gears really quickly. I heard you were not only a farmer, but a songwriter, musician, and videographer, and that you actually co-host something called the Israel Guys Show <laughs> and That's speak correct. around the world about your ministry. Can you tell us a little bit about that part of your life? Sure. You know, a daily basis, I'm directing volunteers in the fields. And, you know, we said, hey, you know what? We were seeing so much in Israel that was being, you know, the misinformation, you know, you guys see it here in America. It's it, the stories that are told are so horrifically, uh, you know, twisted and turned from Israel that from a young age, I saw that and said, how can it be 
that the most beautiful people on the planet, the Jewish people coming back to their homeland could be so demonized. And so I said, hey, from a from a grassroots uh, personal perspective, just here on the ground in Israel, I said, I'm going to give my life to, to representing the truth of what's happening. And so we opened the platform, the Israel guys. We now have 300,000 followers, and wow. just within the year, we've had about 10 million views on our on our platform. So we're we're just a you know I'm just a simple farmer, but hey, you know that's what the world wants to hear. They want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the sophisticated nonsense that's coming out of the world. They want to hear people that are just you know people that are sitting there and telling the truth. And that's what we've done uh, now for years. Going back to the land of Israel for just a moment, I think the whole world was shocked by the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel on October 7th, 2023. Could you tell us a little bit about the United Nations organization UNRWA and how they provided direct support to the terrorists? I I do not think enough people have heard that story about that connection. You know what? UNRWA is probably one of the most, you know, uh, horrific. We're talking about, you know, the, the refugees around the entire world have the U- UN puts them all in one box. The UN created UNRWA specifically to deal with Palestinian refugees. Why do you need an entirely different set? Because it's entirely political. And the, the we're even seeing it now. The UN, uh, you know, leadership is saying that Hamas terrorists, they don't consider them terrorists. What is wrong with this picture? You have a, a major international uh, you know, people think that it's legit. I mean, people are still trusting the U.N. to be a peacekeeping force on the globe when they're condoning 1,200 Jews being killed, saying that those who did it are not terrorists. Uh, you can't get any more backwards than that. And, you know, honestly, the UNRWA, thank God that America's pulled out, you know, Trump pulled pulled out of that before Biden reinstated funds to go into there. And he full well knew the corruption that went on in there. Thank God today that the funding is being pulled out. Because it's obvious there. It's you might as well say it as it is. If you're a supporting a terrorist organization, you're right in the same batch. You're that corrupt. And UNRWA has been called out now. The direct support of terrorism. It has to be called out on the on the stage. And, and I'm very comfortable to do that. It's there. They might as well call them a terrorist entity themselves. If you're going to fund it and and be right on the front line with it and try to cover up for it, uh, that's insanely corrupt. But that's that's UNRWA. Wow. Hey, I got another quick question. Uh, the Palestinians have this terrible program they call Pay to Slay. Could you tell our audience what that's all about? I had two friends back in February of 2023 that were killed. They mm. were they were my Jewish Jewish friends, young. They were 19 and 20, oh. 21 years old, uh, killed by a terrorist. That terrorist, his family, immediately after my friends were murdered, started receiving money from the American administration because oh. American now under the Biden administration, pays the Palestinian Authority, which is a corrupt terrorist organization that pays their their people, their citizens under them, to kill Jews. The more Jews you kill, the more money you receive. I know it sounds idiotic that I'm even saying this, and most people probably write it off as though it's untrue. Guys, this is so factual. We, we, it's a pay-to-slay program that the Arab uh, Palestinian Authority, it's, it's open, it's public, people know about it. Taylor Force was an American who went to Israel on a trip and was murdered by a terrorist. And this is how it was all uncovered. His American family back in here, the Force family, uh, uncovered the fact that he was being paid by the American administration at the time under Obama for the killing of an American military per- personnel. Now, that that program continues to this day. The Pages Light program is continuing. The more Jews that you kill, the more money you will see receive 
from American tax dollars. All that's in the public, and yet the entire world refuses to stop those funds from going into a corrupt Palestinian regime that is is no more than than just a a, a, a killing machine against Jews. It's it's it, it it should be it shouldn't be tolerated. You know, if our listeners wanted to learn a little bit more about what you do and get involved in your organization, how how do they do that? Where can people go to find out more about what you do? Sure. Serve Israel. Serveisrael.com is the best way to connect with us. We, you know, we've been bringing volunteers. We have a lot of different facets of the organization. Um, we're there to, to bring the truth about what's going on as well as a hands, hands on. Those that want to get involved and put their feet and hands to the task of standing with the Jewish people, uh, serveisrael.com is the best way to, to connect there. Yeah, is there right. is there like a minimum uh, stay? Like if you go over there for uh, ninety days or six months, or what are you guys looking for? Our program is is uh, two weeks to three weeks typically, and then you know we have longer term programs for for individuals. But our our main objective is to get people to come in for two to three weeks, serve, come back, and then tell their stories because that's the most important thing that can be done. And honestly, we've been we you'll hear about us again. We're the only international. Christian organization working in Judea and Samaria. We're, mm. we're the only until the Biden administration now is, I'm telling you, this we're going to be in hot water. The amount of... We uh, are at the end of the show, Joshua. We want to thank you so much for, for coming and sharing all that information about your humanitarian organization. You are listening. Thank you so much for joining us to Today with Dr. Wendy, and we will see you next Saturday night, 6 p.m. Between now and then, have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.